Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. I met Heather Cabot last summer when she reached out to me and said she was a writer and a mother of twins and that we had all this stuff in common and she was going to be in my area. And I said, well, why don't you just come over? So anyway, I met her this summer. We had such a nice time. She's the author of a new book called The New Chardonnay, which is about cannabis, which she said is like the last thing she thought she'd be writing about, but it's sort of an investigative story, kind of like a Disney War Moneyball theme, Michael Lewis-ish book. And now she's in our community and has been posting and commenting a lot with great feedback and wanted to share her story. So listen to Heather, and I hope you'll agree that we got to a lot of good tips by the end of our discussion. Hi, Heather. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Hi, Zibby. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on both my podcasts, I should say. This is, uh, this is great. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very honored. It's like so cool that I'm getting a chance to you know, talk to you and interact with you, especially during this time. And the fact that we even got to meet in person. I mean, that, that's actually really cool too. You are like the only person I think I've met who I've interviewed and because you were just like in the neighborhood and I was like, come over and it worked out perfectly. And I'm so yeah. glad for it. That was such a nice day. <laughs> Thank you. I thought so too. It was great. So Heather, take me back and tell me about your sort of journey in this world in your body and, and the biggest struggles and where you are today. Yeah. Well, it's definitely been a lifelong struggle for sure. I grew up in a very fitness focused family. My dad was a college football player My mom has always been very slim. Some might say too slim at times. And it's just, it's honestly, it's defined my entire childhood was really built around. And I don't want to completely blame my parents because I think they were socialized this way as well. So, uh, and I think, and I think they've, you know, through the years, I mean, I'm 50 now. So I think they've, you know, they've, they've evolved a lot too, although they are still incredibly focused on health and fitness and they're in their seventies and still running. They actually just got a Peloton, you know, so, so, but very much from a young age, being thin, being skinny was a a real badge of of honor in my family. And I, I remember going to family gatherings and being, you know, tortured emotionally inside if someone didn't tell me that I looked thin. I, I remember having those, those feelings, even at like five or six, you know, if grandma didn't say, oh, you, you look so thin or, oh, oh, you're getting so slim or anytime, you, I mean, you know, and as you grow up, you, you, you know, your body changes and you go, and I went through chubby stages and I went through other stages where, you know, maybe I was slimmer at times. I mean, like most kids, that's, that's what happens as you grow, your cheeks get chubby and then you get slim and then you grow a little bit and but I was like hypersensitive to a lot of that. And I, and as I said, I mean, I think a lot of my self-worth in many ways internally 
was really def- defined by that. And, you know, I started going to Weight Watchers when I was, I don't know, in high school. Um, my younger sister and I, we were sort of pushed to go. And, you know, all of those kinds of things sort of defined my, my early years and in, into adulthood as, as well. And I, I think the way I talk about it with my own daughter is I feel like an incredible amount of my mental energy and emotional energy has gone towards being thin and trying to be thin and trying to fit a certain mode. I can't even remember, I, I can't, I cannot even imagine what's like now in this world of social media. I mean, I'm just thinking about growing up in the 80s and the 90s and being inundated with, you know, fashion magazines. But imagine, you know, today, I mean, you really can't get away from it. And I really, I struggle with that. I worry about that for my daughter and her friends because I feel like, I feel like there's so many other things that we could all be spending time on besides worrying about what size we are. And that bothers me. At the same time, for, you know, just sort of talking about the present, I mean, I read the stories in the New York Times about, I saw the one this weekend about people who are slightly overweight being at risk for COVID. And it really freaked me out to the point that I actually looked at my BMI. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to revise my goal of what, you know, my newest number that I want to get down to, you know, is really different than what I had originally thought. And, and now I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, the overall purpose really isn't fitting into a smaller size pair of jeans. It's really about, you know, maybe I should really be focusing on the overall health, which I know intellectually we should be focusing on, but it's hard, you know, it's hard. And, and so anyway, I mean, I don't know if that's too, too much information about how I grew up, but I, it's something as a parent that I've really tried to be careful about. And I remember taking my twins to one of their very, very first pediatrician appointments. And I remember my pediatrician saying, do not ever talk about dieting in front of your kids. Do not talk about fat. Do not talk about weight loss. Talk about being healthy. Talk about being strong. And I've really tried that. I've, I have tried that. I, I really don't talk about probably only until recently when I've you know been trying to have more open conversations with my teens about healthy eating and those kinds of things, trying to open up to them about what I just said about the amount of wasted mental energy I think I've spent on these superficial things that I think have really taken away. And I wish I could get that time back, to be honest with you. I mean, I know I'm glad you're doing this podcast, but I think in terms of balance, I think it's important for people to also think about it, a a bigger issue than just sort of the vanity aspect of it. And I believe me, I am vain, (laughs) especially having worked in television, you know, I want to look good too. But I think sometimes we need to kind of step back from, you know, you know, why are we really doing this? What's the, what's, the, what's the real purpose? So for me, I'm really trying to focus a lot on just being healthy, particularly in this environment today. I'm glad you brought up the New York Times article because I read that and I debated, should I post this to my group or will that scare them and make them feel like desperate? Because sometimes I feel like when you're under the gun, it's harder, Right. Like you might want to rebel. You might want to say like, well, do you know what I mean? Like they might have the adverse reaction, but I think I might. And anyway, just because it is, it is a health issue and being overweight, whatever that's defined as, is like not that many pounds. It's pretty easy to be overweight, you know, by that's the point. That's the thing. And this this piece was talking about 40% of Americans are overweight. And if you go and look at your BMI, I'm like, I just did this, you know, and I work out, I work out a lot. I have always had a very healthy lifestyle. I mean, I haven't always been as sort of thin as I would like to be, but I definitely have focused a lot on being healthy and eating healthy. And like I said, kind of trying to model that for my kids. But even I, I was like, oh my God, I'm at the top of the healthy. Like 
that's not where I want to be because if I gain, you know, five pounds, I'm not going to be in the healthy BMI anymore. I want to be more towards the middle. I mean, why don't I want to have that? Like, I want to have the wiggle room, you know? I don't want to be like at the very top. So I don't know. I think it might, I mean, like like I said, I, I kind of feel like, at least for me, what's motivating is the overall, and, and maybe it has to do with the fact that I just turned 50 and I'm thinking about like, the second half of my life and how I want my life to be and how I want my life to be is I want to be healthy. I want to be able to do things. I want to be able to be like my parents and, you know, still be out running and hiking and, and going to spin class and traveling the world and doing all my parents just went to Antarctica last year, you know, and hiked. And I mean, I just, I want to be able to do all those things. And I recognize that I have to make that investment now. And so if fixating on a BMI number is better than fixating on, I don't know, that pair of jeans or whatever, the dress I want to get into that I haven't been able to wear for five years. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But I mean, I think maybe for me, that might help me stay a little bit more disciplined. I hope, but it's, it's, it's up and down, you know, in terms of like my commitment. And I know we've talked about, like posted about that on Instagram. There's no easy answer to it. Right. And whatever motivates you today may not be the thing that motivates you tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's just how you get there and what frame of reference you need. I mean, we all need something a little bit different at different times. And then the worst part is feeling motivated, right? Like, or scared and not feeling like you necessarily have the tools or control to fix it. Because I think that's one thing in this whole eating struggle, which I, you know, I hate all these words like battle and struggle and it, but it's true, but it's true. You know, it can feel so out of control. Like, I feel like I've had times where I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm in control of all these different things. Why is this the one thing that I, I can't get under control and that is so visible to everybody else? I mean, not really, nobody cares really, but me, but you know what I mean? It's like you write it on your, it's like your walking poster. Like I don't have this particular thing under control and it's embarrassing. I feel it's so funny that you say that because I remember when I, I, I am also a mother of twins like you. And I remember right after I had the, the babies and I was, I gained a lot of weight and we moved like right after we moved to Los Angeles and I was meeting all these new people. And I remember saying to my husband that I felt like I had this sign on my, like I, 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 like I, I wanted to be able to explain to people why I looked the way I did because they didn't know that I just had twins and I'm meeting new people. And it was like the worst feeling. I mean, and I mean, let's be honest. I was also pregnant with twins when I was still on network television. How embarrassing is that? I mean, I did not think I looked beautiful at all. I, by the end of my pregnancy, I couldn't even wear like the extra largest didn't even fit me anymore. I like literally had nothing to wear. Extra large. I couldn't even fit into, I was wearing basically like a sheet. I was so, so I giant. Extra large maternity. Oh, okay. Right. Extra large like, maternity. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't mean regular. I have an extra large maternity and I just, but I just remember, I mean, and how amazing, like all the amazing things your body can do. You just had twins. And I just remember that same feeling. Like I, I wish I could tell people, I just had twins. Give me a little time. I'll get back to what I used to look like. I just, I hated that feeling. And that's how I feel now too, a little bit. Yeah, but uh, then you realize that nobody, nobody really cares, but you, you know what I mean? Like they met you, they probably thought you were absolutely beautiful, which you are and accomplished, which you are. And they probably didn't think twice about it. And to you, it's like, you wanted people, you wanted to telegraph that. And at times I know I wanted to be like, no, it is possible. I could be thinner, but like, is that really what's important? People don't care about that. And that's, and that's the thing I'm struggling with, with a teenage daughter, you know, is I, 
know exactly what she's going through. And not just my daughter, my son. I mean, just teens in general, they're, you know, it's just the phase they're going through. They're hyper-focused on what they look like. And I wish I could listen to my own advice I'm trying to give them sometimes, you know, like it's just, there are so many more more important things. It's It really is about being healthy, but sometimes we just kind of get wrapped up in, I don't know, you know, and I also have a problem with perfectionism. So that that's definitely, so back to being out of control, I would say for myself, I have really struggled with, you know, I hit my blue dots or whatever it is. Like I, I, you know, I've, I've done it for five days. And then the one day I eat the cupcake or whatever it is, I'm like, oh, well, the whole day has gone to shit. I might as well just eat whatever. And it's really bad. And then that, that's when I lose control because I'm like, oh, you know, I, I just, I fell off the wagon. And so I'm really struggling with, okay, if that happens, what do I do now? You know, and I'm trying to track it. I'm trying to the next day get up and say, okay, Every day is a new day. It's a fresh start. And I'm trying to be, you know, I guess trying to be sort of the friend to myself that I wish that my kids were to themselves or their friends were to themselves when they mess up at different things or, or just my own friends. You know, I try to be that good friend to myself. I'm really working on that. But I agree with you. It's hard. And the other thing I was just going to say as far as feeling out of control, I think we all have to kind of recognize that so many of the, particularly I think with emotional eating, it, it really is something that is so deep seated in, in our child. Like it, it's something that it's the way we dealt with emotions in our early years. And I think it is very hard. It, it is self-soothing behavior, I think. I mean, different people have different vices. And I think that that's really, it's hard to break. It's, I mean, it's easy for people to say, okay, well, have a cup of tea or, you know, but when you're in that moment and you just feel sad or guilty or angry or it, it it's like this I don't know it, it's hard to mitigate those emotions at that exact moment but then we all end up feeling guilty after which is the part that I really hate and that's why I was saying that try to be kind to yourself I think that one of the things I've been realizing lately is that if you're already in that moment it's almost too late yeah do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're on the edge of a cliff don't make yourself feel bad that you're now going to fall off it's, I think the point is not to get to the edge of the cliff. Yeah. And that's the only, the only way to fix it. I think, cause then you just beat yourself up for the fall, which in, is inevitable, right? It's like you end up in the kitchen and you're exhausted and you've had a fight with somebody or just something's gone wrong or you're disappointed or you're angry or you're tired or you're all those things. And then there's something in front of you. You're going to just eat it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the only thing is to backtrack. How can I avoid being all those things, A, and how can I avoid having that thing on the counter, right? I think the planning is, I, for myself, I think the planning is, is, is really key to like recognize that you are going to have those times that, you know, for me, it's usually like, I mean, it used to be when we weren't in this whole weird pandemic time, but it used to be like four or five o'clock after like I'd gotten the kids home from school. We were sitting in the kitchen eating, doing homework and I was supposed to be making dinner, but I was hungry because I probably didn't eat lunch. And I was like, that was always like a hard time for me, particularly if I was tired, if I didn't sleep well the night before that that's typically when, you know, so I think planning ahead for those kinds of times when you know that your discipline is not going to be you know, what you would hope it would be at those times. And also, you know, not making it worse. Cause I think like what you were saying, that falling off the cliff thing, a lot of times then we self-sabotage and like make it even worse because we're like, oh, well, I already messed up. And that's, you know, that's, that's hard. But I think the planning is really good. I was never somebody that did the meal prep on Sundays. I have a lot of friends that are so good at that and shop for the week. And I mean, I just, 
I'm just not good at that. I'm trying to be better. And we're also trying to be more plant-based. So I've been, you know, I have been planning a little bit more and, and cooking different kinds of things and making sure I have some of those ingredients in the house, but I'm, I'm not really great at like, okay, you know, Sunday, I'm going to make all these batches of things that we're going to eat all week. And plus my family doesn't really like to eat like that either. So <laughs> that's okay. That doesn't work for me either. Are you kidding? I mean, no, but I, I, I admire people. I admire people who have the discipline to, to do, to do that. And, and actually like some things I think are easy, like making a big thing of oatmeal and having it last all week. So I don't have to like, you know, like I still haven't motivated to make my oatmeal for the week. And I, and now every morning I'm like, ah, and now it's like it's almost so noon and I haven't eaten anything. Cause I can't decide what to eat that's healthy. And I'm like, well, this point I'll just wait till lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I did that today too. Actually, it's funny because I made oatmeal for my husband and then I left myself a little bit on the counter, but then I was like, why didn't I just make the whole thing for the rest of the week because we could have eaten it every day. Like, why did I just make enough for the two of us right now? It was kind of silly. I was also going to say the other thing that I find really challenging, I'm wondering if the community feels this way, but I, and I think we emailed about this a teeny bit, but I have been, because I've been focused on all of these things since I was a kid, I am so inundated and I am so often encouraged to try like every fad, every, like I've done Whole30, I've done Eat to Live, I've done like, and I'm back to doing Weight Watchers now because I do think that is the one thing that has really only ever truly worked for me. And I think it's the accountability part of it. And and I like the app. I think it works well. But I just was wondering if other people, that that when we hit that 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon time when I'm like, oh, I'm starving or I'm tired or whatever, that's when all of these other diet trends start to really like make me crazy. Like, well, I can't eat this because if I eat that, it's too many carbs or it's this, or I'm not supposed to be eating that. Or I, and I just find that, I don't know why I, I, I just, I, I almost feel like I get paralyzed. Well, it's confusing. It's totally confusing. I feel like there should be one of those like speed movie things of me throughout my life, starting when I was like <laughs> 10, looking at the label because every year or two, I'm looking at a different part of the label. Like a different part is really important. First, it was like calories and then it was the fat. And then I'm doing like Atkins and it's like alcohol sugars. And then it's the fiber for Weight Watchers. And then it's this. And then it's, now it's like, what are the ingredients? You know, now I'm not even looking at it. I'm like, are they whole ingredients? Are they processed? Like, it's just one thing after another. And it's like, our minds are just jutting from place to place to place. Where should I look? What is okay? What is not okay? And what's good? What's bad? Like What's good and what's bad? And that, of course, implies there is a good and a bad and that everything is binary, black and white, which is, of course, not true. And that to have a well-rounded diet of things, we have to have a little of everything, right? And so I think the thing with Weight Watchers that I like, and this is by no means, you know, I'm doing my own like whatever version of it based on like my 2003 thing that was the last time anything worked for a long period of time, essentially. But so my own kind of like points. But when I have a list of foods that I'm like, these are the foods I want to eat mostly. I want to, I mostly want to eat these like anti-inflammatory foods from the Mediterranean style because I like those foods and yeah. they're healthy and yeah. they're filling and I enjoy them. So mm-hmm. it's not like when I tried to do, I don't know, keto or some of these other things, I don't enjoy eating meat like Atkins isn't going to work, you know? So, and then to have the points is only for me, at least like to take some of the emotion out. Like, it's not bad. It's just like, okay, whoops. I spent six points on a big cookie. So it's over moving on. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can, and then you can adjust later for how, you know, how you, you know, what else you're eating later in the day. I think that's the tracking part of it. That's helped whether you're writing it in a food journal or you're, you know, doing it on some type of app, whether it's lose it or weight watchers or any of these things. I do think the accountability piece, particularly for somebody like me who recognizes that I am a victim to stress eating sometimes that making myself accountable without driving myself crazy, but just being mindful of like what I'm eating, even like with my, kids, you know, I mean, we've, it's funny, like, you know, we talk about portion sizes, you know, we, we do talk about that now, like my kids will now look at the bag of popcorn or whatever, and, and we'll talk about what a serving size is as opposed to like eating out of the bag, which I'm not saying I never do, but I really try to pour myself a portion and hopefully they do that too. So that you're, you just have in the back of your mind, like what you're actually eating as opposed to, it's so easy to just inhale whatever's there when you're hungry. You know, this goes into the binary good or bad, but like when we think about healthy foods, not all of them are low calorie and it is easy to overeat them and not even realize that you're doing it. Not, I mean, and, and that, you know, that can be for myself too, you know, instead of having one handful of nuts and have three handfuls of nuts and not even be realizing that's what you're eating. Like that is something that definitely contributes to weight gain. And I also think that, you know, there's an aging component here and I'm not sure of the demographics of the community, but I will say for myself, you know, it has become much more difficult to maintain. I mean, I've always, as I said, I've always been very active, but I didn't, I feel like I have to try so much harder now to keep my weight in check. And it's so frustrating. So I have been talking about solutions. My OBGYN last year said to me, I really have to add strength training to boost my metabolism, not only for, you know, for my metabolism, but also for healthy bones. So I really am trying to do that. And I, and, and I, it's really not my favorite thing. I really like cardio. That's how I manage my stress. But I will say that when I have focused on that, and I am really trying hard, like the last three or four weeks, I've been strength training like three or four times a week. Wow. In my garage. In my garage. <laughs> my little Peloton. I, I have a, I have, well, I have the bike, but I also have, I've been doing all the classes on the app. Wait, so how, I, how often are you working out then? How often are I you doing? Pretty much every day. I, I do. I mean, but I remember like, I was telling you how I grew up, like just to give you a sense, my parents like are marathon runners. Like they would go out and like go out on like a 15 mile run on Saturday mornings. And like, that was like their time together. And so I always grew up in a very athletic, I, I'm not a good athlete, but I grew up in a very athletic family with a lot of focus on exercise. And frankly, I'm really blessed. I mean, I really, the fact that it was part of my lifestyle, as much as as a kid, I felt pressure. Now I'm very thankful because that's the one thing I don't have to struggle with personally. Cause I, I don't sleep as well when I don't exercise. Like I, I definitely need it. I'm actually an over exerciser and I, I get injured a lot because I don't know how to modify, <laughs> but I, I have been using the strength training classes on the Peloton app. Cause I'm not going to the gym right now. And it's been, it's been great, you know, and they, I love the fact that you can do the, and there are lots of different fitness apps, by the way. I mean, it doesn't have to be Peloton, but I like that you can do, you know, I just did this morning, I did a 20 minute upper body and a 20 minute lower body and a five minute core right before I came on to talk to you. And I feel good. I bought a few more dumbbells, so I have some heavier weights, but again, that's a focus on health. You know, I, I worry about falling. I worry, I mean, I worry about all these things that as you get older and I want to make sure that I'm really strong. So I'm trying to use that as a focus more than, you know, as I said, kind of the smaller pair of jeans. 
Not that I don't want to wear the smaller pair of jeans. (laughs) Not that I won't be excited for a shopping trip in a few months, but but I, I, I am trying to focus on things that make me feel good too. And you are not alone in the slowdown and things getting harder. And I hear this over and over and over again. And I experienced this myself. I'm 44 and I'm already like, wait, it used to be that like if I worked out, you know, I don't know, it just used to all be much easier, right? And it's almost like a cruel joke. It's like, okay, here we are at a stage in our lives where we're dealing with our kids who are growing up and maybe our parents and maybe, you know, there's just so much stress coming at us and caretaking needed on all sides, like caretaking 360. And we're trying to take care of ourselves. And then all of a sudden somebody out there like made it so that our bodies make it harder at this particular moment. It's like, seriously. It's, (laughs) it's, it is really not fun. I mean, it, it, it is not, I'm a few years ahead of you. It is not fun, but I, it's not hopeless. No, it's not hopeless. And I, and I also was going to say, I, I think the other thing though, too, is that I think that the sooner, I wish I had known earlier that this was going to happen. And I think, and I never really knew because my, my mom is, is very tiny and I don't think she ever, I don't, I, I honestly, like she's like a size zero. So I, and has always been my entire life. I don't ever remember her being any other size. I could never share clothes with her. And, and I should also say, I have two younger sisters who are also both like size zeros. So I'm the oldest of four. And that was always really hard for me. And I always had this imp- impression of myself that I was a lot bigger than I am. I still do sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that, you know, I'm not, I always felt like I was towering over everybody all the time. And I was, I don't know, it was just like, which is not a bad thing, but I just had that feeling. Anyway, my my point is that I never had this conversation with my mom about her, her suddenly, you know, needing to worry about her weight because she always said she was always the opposite. And so I didn't really know. I wish I had started thinking about strength training and just some of these other things a little bit earlier. The other thing I was going to say about over-exercising, which maybe some of your community deal with, is I've gotten injured a lot. And one of the things I've been trying to do is recognize, like listen to my body and try to recognize when I'm getting to that point, because what happens is when I get injured, then I can't exercise. I can't do the things I want to do. You know, whether it's I tore a rotator cuff a few years ago, I I have horrible Achilles tendonitis from my, you know, ran through pain. I ran a number of marathons. I did a couple of triathlons a few years ago and I ran through pain in the training, which you're not supposed to do. And now I really can't run anymore. So I think I wish that if I, when I was younger, I wish someone had said, Hey, like, take it easy, focus a little bit more on the healthy eating, you know, and, and portion control and all of that and not putting so much focus on so much intense exercise. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to deal with right now is like, how do I still get my exercise fix in, in a way that is not, you know, in a, in a, in a way that is not creating inflammation or setting myself up for injury And I think as we age, that's really important. And it's become, that's thus the strength training is I don't want to get injured again. I really don't. So I want to be really mindful of what I'm doing to keep myself healthy. So I think there were like so many good sort of takeaways from this conversation, at least for me. I feel like I got a bunch. I got to make sure it sinks in for me. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to highlight a few that I feel like I've noticed. One is to stop being punitive and that, sometimes falling off the cliff and that late night binge or whatever it is you do that you regret 
you are set up for failure to begin with. And the key is in figuring it out sooner than later. So when you're in a full, rational, level-headed, non-emotional state, making a plan, making a plan for 4.30 when you don't know what to eat and what label to look at, you know, because earlier that day when you've been at your desk and feeling confident and calm, you made a plan for yourself. And so not waiting until the emotional mood strikes to try to figure it out. It's like impossible. It's like you're already on the tightrope. So figuring it out ahead of time as best you can, making at least one or two things that can last you all week, even if it's something as simple as oatmeal, because it will help and it will remind you of what you're doing. Being kind to your body and not overdoing it and that over-exercising at any age won't lead to anything good. I think also sort of being aware that you're born a certain way. You were born with a different body type than your sisters. I was born with a different body type, even than my mother, who's by the way, also much tinier than I am. And I can feel bad about that. I can try to get to a place that I want to be, but my body's not made that way. And you know what? Like maybe my body has other strengths. Like I'm really strong. And you know, maybe that's some of the, anyway, strength and muscle and all of that is important. And people are built different ways. So not to beat yourself up and compare yourself to other people who are born with different body types and trying to take the advice we give our kids, trying to be kinder to ourselves, trying to have more of a sense of peace. And also then to keep health above vanity to the extent that that's possible and fueling our body, eating to avoid pain, eating for the long-term, fueling ourselves, not just feeding our feelings essentially. So those are some of the things that I feel like I got out of it. (laughs) Well, good. Well, good. Did you you get those out of it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, those are all the things that I'm, you know, I'm really working on myself. And I do think articulating them and actually saying them out loud versus just it being in my head, I think is, I, I think that's really helpful. And I actually, you know, recently, I don't, I don't really do a lot of journaling, even though I'm a writer, I don't do a lot of my own personal journaling, but I just bought a notebook yesterday because I do find that in my professional life, doing, writing things down, making lists longhand really helps me. And I was thinking yesterday, also as I'm thinking about other, some, some creative projects for the future too, but I thought it'd be really great to start writing things down for myself. And, and I feel like that they would stick. So I think speaking them to other people, yep. talking about them, it, it's in a, in a way, I think it makes it real. Yep. You actually put it out into the world or you, you know, you sit down and write it down. And I think that the last takeaway I would add to all of that, that I know you've discussed in the community is that, you know, this is really a journey Mm -hmm. And it's so important to see it that way and recognize that there will be ups and downs and it is very much like a marathon. And there will be days when you feel invincible and there will be days when you feel like you can't take another step and you have to remind yourself that that, that's normal. Yep. And that's how you do the work. Yes. And I have to remind myself of that all. I know that intellectually, I know that, but I I feel that writing it down, talking about it reminds me that I need to be honest with myself about that, that this isn't going to be a quick fix. The extra weight that I want to take off, you know, I put on over several years and it's going to take time to deal with that on many levels. So sometimes, sometimes I'm like, well, what else do we have to do the next six months? We might as well have like a long-term <laughs> weight loss goal or fitness goal or whatever. Like, why not? I mean, or we could not achieve anything. 
(laughs) You're right. I think, I think, look, I think the mental anguish and certainly, I mean, the mental anguish that so many people are feeling about just having to persevere the, this is situation that we're in and, and how we endure it and how we go on separate from the pain and grief that people like you have felt who've, who've had actual losses, which in itself, you know, is it's traumatizing. And I think you have to be kind to yourself too with all of this. But I I was just going to say, I feel like having a constructive goal, something to focus on helps us, at least helps me know that there will be an end to this. The light at the end of the tunnel and having some structure to my day and something positive that I feel like I can do in addition to everything else that I want to do, whether it's contributing to charity or, you know, all these different, you know, voting. I mean, all the different things we can do to make us feel like we have some power in this time where we feel very powerless. I do think focusing on self-improvement, both internal and external, I think is a good, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good way to spend this time. I totally agree with you. And hopefully there'll be some healing that comes out of it. Totally. Let's do it. We got this. <laughs> you got this. Now, what is the plan that you're going to check in with the, with the people like me over the next few months? Yes, <laughs> we're just going to keep posting and you can use the community to help you. You can, I was actually thinking of starting like one day a week where you can all post a day of food or you can also, you know, have, I could pair people up with accountability partners or I don't know, just use it. Post in the comments, hashtag in the stories and we'll share tips. We'll check in every Wednesday for the progress you're making and we're all going to do it together and we'll know we're doing it and the community is going to grow and we're all going to comment and contribute and encourage each other. And why not? I think it's great. I I really, I think it's great on so many levels. So congratulations to you. And if there's any thing that I can help contribute to, let me know know, ideas, or I was thinking you should have at some point, I'm sure many people have teenage children or, or children in general. I do think it's, it is something that I struggle with is when I'm trying to be very focused on my own weight loss goals or my own health goals, I don't want to influence my kids in a negative way. Yep, me too. I was. Yep. Inadvertently, you know, and I, I think that that's something that I would guess your community probably would want to talk about or know about. And I, I'm sure there are people that specialize in child psychology and weight and all of that stuff. But I, I'd love some tips for, you know, how do you do that so that you're making space for yourself to do what you need to do without making anybody else feel under pressure? But at the same time, modeling for them, I I don't know how you, I I really, anyway, that's something I struggle with. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do some interviews and like. And then later, you probably have enough people in the community that have interesting stories anyway. Well, yeah, but I can intersperse. I think this should be for stories, but well, now I'm just rambling, but, but maybe in the posts I can do like quick tips from, you know, like a magazine article almost. Yeah, I don't know how you have time to do all this, but I'm excited for you to do it. I don't either. I don't know. I don't know. But it's great. It's something for you to focus on that's that's positive. And I'm 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 so glad that you that you are doing it. I think it's great. I think it'll be really helpful to a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Okay, now this is all our official end. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll keep in touch. Heather, we'll all be like rooting for you in the community. So everybody look for your comments in Instagram and everything and know that you have a whole team of people rooting for you and you're not doing it alone. Thank you. And I'll be rooting for everybody else as well. Go team. Go team. (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram.
Thanks. <laughs>